welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Giving them a parable. And he was talking about how Almighty God sent Noah and they wouldn't listen So then he sent Abraham and Esau and Jacob, Israel. But they wouldn't listen to them either. And then he sent Moses and then he sent Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and Jeremiah. And he sent prophet after prophet. But they wouldn't listen to them. They wouldn't receive it. And so when they would not receive God's messenger... God knew. God knew this clear back before he ever created planet earth and mankind. God knew this would happen. And so almighty God already had in his heart the plan. The son said, Father, I'll go. I know they won't listen to all of your prophets. They won't listen to your other messengers. And so I'll go. And what I will do, Father is I will go to the slave market myself and I will purchase the slaves out of slavery with my own life. So then the angel Gabriel did come first to a priest to tell him His wife who had been barren in her old age was going to have a son. And they would name him John. And John would prepare the way for the messenger who was going to come. And then that same angel Gabriel came to a virgin in a little town named Nazareth in Galilee. And said, you've been highly favored by God, Mary. You get to carry in your own womb. The eternal God-man. And then he went to Joseph because Joseph, when she tried to tell Joseph that she was pregnant, and, and Joseph goes, I know you haven't been with me. And she goes, I know. It's by God. Joseph was struggling with that. And by the way, before you begin thinking Joseph lacked faith, I would like to know what you would think If your wife came home and told you she was pregnant and you knew it couldn't be by you and she said, God did it. You'd struggle with it too. So God sent Gabriel to Joseph to let him know this really is a God thing. Can you imagine carrying God in your womb? Can you imagine? Can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night and you got to make the run down of course, for her, it wasn't a run down the hallway. For her, it was a run outside, right? Because the baby is kicking. And God, will you stop kicking me? <laughs> just a thought, just a thought. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? Is it amazing to you that Almighty God himself 
came to redeem us. God himself came to the slave market to redeem us. But there's this other word. There's this other word. It's ex agarazo. And it means to purchase from the slave market and take them out of slavery, never to go back into slavery again. To go to the slave market, buy them out of slavery, take them out of slavery, and make them free, never to go back into slavery again. They live absolutely free. That's what he's talking about in Galatians 13 when he uses this word, exagorazao. When he says, Christ. was made a curse for us to redeem us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles by Jesus Christ that we might receive the spirit of promise by faith. Christ has redeemed us by being made a curse for us. Christ purchased us out of the slave market, never to go back into slavery again. See, that's what makes the church so dangerous to the world. Because while we may live under communism in in North Korea, or we we may live under the the heavy hand of uh, the terrorists, of the Muslims in Iran, but when we come to Jesus Christ, While our body may be under that kind of domination, our spirit is free and you cannot imprison my spirit. That's why one of the greatest revivals in the history of mankind is going on in Iran right now. The more the Muslims will try to stamp it out, the greater the church will grow. Because it's the company of the redeemed. It's the greatest thing in all the world. In his letter to Titus, the Apostle Paul expanded this a little bit for us. Let's look at it. Go ahead and go to the next slide. So I'm going to ask you to read this with me. Can can you see this? Can you read it with me? Everyone together, right here. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Searching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. He redeemed us. 
for a very special reason. Now look at this. I've said to God many times, God, wouldn't it be easier to save him and take him to heaven? Rather than leave him here. To mess up and carry on. Come on. Ever been there? Have you ever gone to God and said, God, I know you saved me, but I am such a mess up. I, you know, am I ever going to get it right? Will I ever get it right? I just mess up all the time. Okay, anyone that has never felt that way, go ahead and lift your hand right now. We want to know who you are. <laughs> okay. we've all been there haven't we we've all been there but that's not what he does he doesn't redeem us and immediately take us to heaven where it's perfect he leaves us here to be his church he leaves us here to be a part of the company of the redeemed to do good works But did you notice, there's a very, very important point here. Right here. This word right here. And I'm sorry, it's cut off here. I apologize. My computer messed up. That was a joke, everybody. Okay? (laughs) I messed up. I apologize. Okay? Teaching us that denying on God is teaching us. This is a very, very important word. The, the word in the Greek literally means training and discipline. What God does is he leaves his church here on the earth. Where we're on the earth, but we're not of the earth. We're the company of the redeemed on the earth, but we're not of the earth. Because this is our basic training. This is our boot camp. This is where we get trained for warfare. This is where we get trained for warfare. Okay, it's like it's like the young men and women that go into the Marines, and they take them to boot camp. And when they first get into boot camp, they exercise them, exercise them, exercise them. They start teaching them how to drill. That in and of itself is interesting. Every any anybody here that has gone through it, you'll know what I'm going to say right now. You always have that guy in your in, in your group that just can't figure out, you start with your left foot. I mean, one of our guys, he had to always carry a rock in his left hand. If he was ever without a rock in his left hand, he'd have to do a bunch of extra push-ups because he couldn't figure it out. It's left, right, left. That's how I play golf, by the way. And uh, it's it's just really... You know, it's basic training. And then after we've drilled and exercised and we're starting to get into shape and, and they're, they're retraining our thinking so we can think in terms of being a Marine, think in terms of being an Air Force Airman, think in being terms of being part of the military, being part of a team. It's not individual. We're part of a team. Then they start training us in how to do warfare. And you learn how to shoot a rifle. You learn how to handle grenades. You learn how to crawl through a minefield. You learn all of this stuff. Because you're being trained. You're being disciplined. And the reason is because you've got to learn how to think you're a part 
you're a Marine now. And once a Marine, always a Marine, right? Always. I'm proud to say I was in the Air Force. Okay, it's all right. I know you're Army. It's okay. You, you should be proud of being in the Army. You're Army. <laughs> there we go. I got back there. All your life. In all your life. You are part of the company of the redeemed. Amen. And when you try to live as the company of the redeemed on your own, the enemy will take you out. You have to be a part of the company of the redeemed. And you have to be trained. And so what does it say here? He says that God's grace trains us, disciplines us, teaches us how to live the life. Amen. Let me show you what I mean. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul does something that he really wasn't comfortable doing, I don't think. But because he was being challenged on his apostleship and his, his, his rightful place in ministry, he begins talking about his training. And he talks about how he was stoned. How many times his back was beaten. He talks about being in shipwrecks. And and he's just talking about his journey that trained him to be an apostle of Almighty God. And then he says this. He says, but I want you to know I'm very human. And three times I asked God to deliver me out of this and take me. Can't, Can't you stop this? And this was Jesus' words to him. My grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, my strength is made perfect. My grace is training you, Paul. My grace is training you. And as you're going through this conflict, I want you to know my grace is training you. And I want you to understand that as you're going through this and you're learning to live the life of the redeemed in your weakness, my strength will be made complete in you and you will live the life because you're being trained by my grace. And every one of us in this room, as we are a part of the company of the redeemed, as we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are being trained by God's grace. And we must let his grace train us. Because we've never lived this kind of life before. We don't know how to live like the redeemed. We don't know how to live like the world. We don't know how to live like the redeemed. None of us come into this really knowing how to live like the redeemed. Now, here's, here's the sad part. Here's the sad part. In, in so much of the church in America today, we, we want to think the church is inclusive. It's just everybody. Well, just everybody. No, not in Scripture. In Scripture, the church is very exclusive. The church is only made up of those who are the redeemed. Those who have been saved. 
Now listen closely. I know this doesn't make people happy, but you got to hear it because this is the truth. You've got to hear the truth. You're not, you're not a part of the church just because mommy and daddy have taken you to church from the time you were a baby. That doesn't make you a part of the redeemed. It just means you've been to church a lot. You're not a part of the church just because you, you intellectually believe in a God and, and once in a while maybe you'll read a little bit of the Bible. That doesn't make you a part of the church. That doesn't make you a part of the redeemed. That just means you intellectually believe. Or maybe there was a point in your life when you said, God, if you get me out of this mess, I'll serve you. But you really haven't followed through. You just kind of had that that foxhole conversion thing, you know? But you've not really walked in it. That doesn't make you a part of the redeemed. What makes you a part of the redeemed is when you've done exactly what Peter said. You've repented of your sin. You've been baptized in water. And you are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you are letting God's grace train you and discipline you to live like the redeemed. Come on, give him a praise. Now, let me tell you what is inclusive. Every meeting we have here at Living Faith Church is inclusive. We want everybody here, redeemed, unredeemed. We want the, 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 the worst sinner to come here. We want the person of great wealth to think they're the best person in town to be here. We want, we want everybody here. Amen? That's inclusive. That's inclusive. Absolutely. We are reaching to everyone. But what's not inclusive is the company of the redeemed. That's those that have been born again. And those that are being trained by grace. What are we being trained for? Listen to what he says here. This is amazing. He said, oh, go back. Thank you. I'm sorry. I haven't got there yet. No, the other way. Can you go back and reverse? I need reverse. Are we there? Thank you. We are there. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We've got to be trained to deny stuff that we, we're used to doing. There are things in our life we got to start denying. And I know, I know this isn't popular in our hedonistic culture because it's, well, if it feels good, do it. Can I tell you there are a whole lot of things that feel good for a while and then pretty soon they start killing you. You need to start denying them. They'll, they'll, they'll destroy you. There are things that are not to be even mentioned, the scripture says, among the redeemed. Shouldn't even be talked about among the redeemed. And, and God wants us to learn how to put off the ungodly things. Those things that are not like Jesus Christ. Because he wants to train us in the character of Jesus. And, and so that we're more and more like Jesus. Amen? Come on. Some of us need a little bit more Jesus love put on our tongue. Our tongue has too much of the world on it. We need more Jesus on our tongue. Amen. Amen. We just need that. Here we go. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Soberly is not talking about how much booze you drink. Okay? You may, 
You may want to think about that up here, but that's not what this is about. Soberly means to be self-disciplined. To be self-disciplined. We're, we're not letting our emotions rule us. We're not, we're, we're, we're not quick to fly off the handle in anger. We're not, we're, we're, you know, we, we don't manipulate people with our emotions. We, we, we're, we're self-controlled. And, and righteously. That means justice. I, I love the meaning of this word. It means justice socially. But it means integrity in our behavior. Righteously. Justice in our social being. Integrity in our character and behavior. Boy, do we need, do we need righteousness right now? There's, there's too much injustice going on. And we need, we need some integrity. Man, I tell you what. There, I, I know we need to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. In fact, you know what? We, we maybe need to just drain it entirely, scrub it with a little bit of Purex, and, and, and put some people there that have integrity. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing if we had people in leadership that really did have integrity? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice again to have our business community run with integrity? That they really were honest when they said they were honest? That they didn't give you that I really am honest smile but inside they're figuring out a way to steal your money? Don't you really wish that there was integrity in marriages don't you wish there really was integrity in every area of life see that's what makes the church really really dangerous is because when the church really begins being the church we bring this kind of life into the world and it starts exposing their unrighteousness am I making sense what I'm saying we start exposing. That's what makes the church really dangerous. Because we're really free inside to live right. Freedom is not the liberty to do whatever you want to do. Come on. My freedom, the greatest freedom I have now that I never had before I met Jesus Christ. My greatest freedom is I have the liberty to live right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. What a freedom. Well, when it talks about being trained, being, being trained, being disciplined in your life, being equipped as a, as, a, as a member of the redeemed company, he then says, the other thing is, you begin living with a, with a, a view of a greater world. And you, you begin looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ because you realize that here I'm living in a tent. This body's not my final dwelling place. This is just my this is just my pup tent out on bivouac. This isn't this isn't my final dwelling place. My my final my final body is going to be a perfect body. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm going to look so good. I'm going to have hair like Elvis. <laughs> Where did that come from? Probably not. 
But I live in a perfect body. And I live in a perfect world. Now there'll be no more sin. And there'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more sickness. No more disease. I'll be living in a perfect body in a perfect world. This is temporary. And so that begins changing my perspective. I don't put so much emphasis and so much treasure on the temporary here. I put my treasure and my emphasis upon that which is eternal. And I realize my greatest joy is every day to maximize living the company of the redeemed every day. Because I just don't know when he's coming again. And so I live every day maximized. So young people, you live every day getting ready to go to college, getting ready to get married, getting ready to have a family. You live every day getting ready to have a great career. You live every day, but every day you live for the Lord Jesus Christ and for that which is eternal. And so every day I live to lay up treasure in heaven. I live every day. To do good works. That's how I live my life. Not to get, but to give. I live my life to give. I live my life to maximize every day because Jesus is coming. And I don't know how soon he's coming. So I gotta live every day maximized. Every day. Maximized. For his glory. Because I'm the redeemed. Think about this. Think about this. Would you stand with me, please? Think about this. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.